Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. We are going to, I'm going to do a tiny review just to get us back to where we were last week. Just to all our thinking going in the same direction. Um, and to do that, we're going to begin in verse 4. And remember again that all of this began with the phrase in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. When he said he, uh, when the Apostle John says, he or she that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. And I said that this phrase from the beginning brought us to something that was really interesting, uh, that the Apostle John had been alluding to all this time throughout these verses that was nothing short of extraordinary, which then I began to uh, explain to you, beginning in verse 4, when he said again, whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law, or literally commits lawlessness, and that was really important, for sin is the transgression of the law, or literally sin is lawlessness. And remember again that uh, Colin G. Cruz explained that the author, when the author uh, of First John says that sin is lawlessness, he said he does not mean that sin is the violation of the Mosaic law, which are the do's and don'ts, okay? <laughs> All right? But he said, but rather that sin constitutes opposition to and rebellion against God, like the opposition and rebellion of Satan. So that was a real key thing. So he began to go back in time, and he began to explain to us something, and he's bringing something out that is very significant, and this whole section depends on you getting a revelation on this. Amen? That he's not talking about a believer that has backslided, what we call, you know, okay, and is committing sin, and he's not reprimanding one of those people, neither is he talking about just normal unbelievers um, that, you know, may, may not know God. Okay, he is talking about people that are in active rebellion against God in the way that Satan was. And so that's why he brings up the devil at the end, because he lets us know that this isn't a normal, normal thing he's talking about. And also he went on to say in relation to this, uh, in verse five, he says, and you know that he, Jesus Christ, was manifested to take away our sin. So he said the thing that the, the kind of sin that he is talking about is the kind of sin that Jesus came to, to take away. Amen? The, the very thing that caused our fall is what Jesus came to reverse. So that's the thought that begins now, and then he continues on. And remember again, he said in verse 6, those who live in Christ don't go on sinning. And remember again that he was talking about not only us living in him, but also him living in us. And we looked at that last week again. I'm not going to take us there. Because that was also linking into what Jesus was going to do in order to reverse what was done to mankind. Not only was he going to come against that sin that caused the fall, but he was also going to do something with us. And we're going to look at that today. And to put us in a position where we never were before. Amen. And that's really significant. And in verse 8 then, again, finally, he lets us know who he's talking about when he says, for the devil sinned from the beginning. So he, he goes back, and that's why there's the circle. He says, this, we're talking about this kind of sin, we're talking about the redemption that, was, that had come, and we are letting you know that the sin that we are talking about is the sin of the devil. Nothing else, this is not you just making a mistake. Okay, this is a very serious thing. We, we also saw... Uh, when the Apostle John said from the beginning, we looked at two different time periods. We looked at the beginning when Satan sinned, remember in um, Isaiah chapter 14. And we discussed how he fell and we, we discussed what kind of rebellion against God we're talking about. 
Okay, when he said, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High, he said in verse 14, Isaiah 14, 14. That is what is so bad about this sin. Can I, can I say that, okay? Why the Apostle John is so adamant to stay away from people that, that fit into this category. You know, because we are meant to go out in the world and, you know, minister the gospel and save people and everything. Okay, but the Apostle John isn't stupid either, okay? He knows that there are some people that are committed to a certain way of life, a certain way of thinking. And, you know, some, uh, I noticed some of this in the science community, really. This thing between evolution and creation and all that sort of stuff. We can see this kind of thing happening there more than anywhere else. And they influence the masses. Do you understand? And they won't change their position. They won't consider anything other than what they want to believe. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And they will even twist the facts to suit their belief and say it's science. These are the sort of people that the Apostle John is talking about. Now, he didn't have those kind of scientists back then. But, you know, that's what it, it translates to today. Okay? Amen? All right. Remember, following this, the second uh, beginning that we talked about was the beginning of man and the way Satan went and caused Adam and Eve to fall. Remember that? And again, you know, it was the same sin. Remember again, you know, let me just read this. In Genesis 3, 5, he says, For God knows in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Remember how he said, I will be like the Most High? He's saying that to mankind, the only problem was, and I, you know, it's really sad that Adam and Eve didn't understand this, they were made in the image and the likeness of God. They were given dominion. They were like Him. Are you all with me? So, you know, what the devil was offering wasn't something they didn't have. It's just something that they didn't have a revelation of. And I want you to get this understanding that the devil can beat you even though you might know the word if you don't have that word revealed to you and you don't understand the consequences and the ramifications of that word, he can come and lie to you and promise something you already have. Except once you receive it from him, it comes with all kinds of strings attached. Okay? And it leads you to, you know, to destruction. Because that's all he can ever give you is what he has and that is destruction. Do you all know that? Amen. Okay. And we discussed the last thing we talked about Last week was the point that it was because Adam and Eve fell in the way that they did listening to him that all the authority that they were given, uh, that they were given by God was what he was able to take off of them. And he says was given to him. And why he would say in Luke chapter six and verse four, remember the, the temptations in the wilderness. One of the things that he said was all this authority I give you and their glory. Now, this is the devil talking to Jesus, okay? For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whoever I wish. So, notice again that he couldn't say that, and it couldn't be a temptation, if he hadn't got this at the beginning, if it wasn't true. Amen? So, when we know when it became true, it was when Adam and Eve listened to him, bowed their knee, and handed it all over. Now, we're caught up, okay? So, and it's because of this, and I, let me uh, begin with this statement. It is because of this, the fact that the devil had now been given dominion over the natural realm as a result of man's sin, that Jesus could no longer reinstate us back to our original position, but had to reposition us to a higher position than we were before, uh, so that we could successfully defend against and overcome any demon in hell, regardless of their size or rank. 
Amen. See, this is, this is the, this is the incredible revelation. We get some valuable insight into what kind of opposition we can expect from Ephesians chapter 6. Remember again in verse 12, when he said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, he's saying we're no longer in a fight in the natural realm. He's saying we're no longer fighting this natural realm. And like, you know, I was saying to someone uh, before that mankind was given authority in this natural realm and we could do a lot of things in this realm. Amen. And you know, and because we are spirit beings as well, it extends out to the spirit realm to a degree, which is the reason why they would be able to banish the devil if they wanted to, if they decided to do what God had told them to do. Because God said, guard the garden. Remember that? You know the word keep in Genesis isn't, you know, till the soil and mow the lawn. You know, because <laughs> people have preached it that way. They say, well, you know, God made two gardeners and stuck him in the garden to keep the garden. <laughs> he didn't read the verses. It said, and God said, have dominion over everything. He said, subdue everything. He didn't say mow the lawn. Amen. See, the whole system was designed to take care of itself. You know, there were things, there were dinosaurs in the garden that would trim the trees at the top. That's why they had the long necks. Okay. There were little guys down here, cows and everything that would mow the lawn. Every day the cow would eat the grass. That was its food. Isn't this a beautiful system? So, you know, the cow, to, you know, to stay alive, it needs to mow your lawn. That's a really good motivation. <laughs> so every, you know, I mean, it just gets, it would have just all been taken care of by itself. Amen. So the thing that when God said keep the garden, he didn't mean mow the lawn because that was all taken care of. He said the word keep in the original Hebrew means guard, which means he was saying guard the garden, something is coming. So in order for him to be able to do that, that he had to have a certain amount of authority in that realm, but only to a degree. Just to get things out. You all understand what I'm saying? But once we fell, now we had a big problem because now we have all of this coming at us. And again, let's read what it says. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but now we wrestle against, I've added those words, okay? But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Because we allowed Satan in, you know, I don't know how else to put this. It kind of tore everything down. So the veil was gone. And so this whole realm that we would have been separate from has now gained access to us. Are you all with me? This is what all of this is talking about. And instead of them being under our feet, instead of them being where they were put to begin with, which was in hell. Remember, God cast them to hell. He didn't give them the atmosphere. He threw them into hell. By by us doing this, they were able to leave hell and expand their territory up to this realm now and to the atmosphere above us. Are you all with me? Only because we let them out. <laughs> okay? Our stupidity let that thing out. And all of its principalities and powers and rulers and all that stuff went up there into that atmosphere and they've been ruling ever since. We get a glimpse of this, of what goes on in that realm in the incident that's recorded in Daniel chapter 10. Have a quick look at that. Daniel chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. It says, then he said, don't be, this is, this is, uh, uh, the angel Gabriel is talking to Daniel, okay? So this is, this is a communication angel. They're tough too. It's not that they can't fight. They'll take you down, okay? But there are things up there, principalities and powers and rulers and stuff that are pretty powerful. 
Are you all with me? Okay. So he said, then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. See, when you began to pray, do you know something? The moment you start praying moves things in heaven. Isn't that good to know? All right. Because uh, he didn't say the first moment you, you prayed, he said you began to pray. As he started to open his mouth to pray, things started to happen. Okay, that's how quickly heaven responds. And he said, I have come in answer to your prayer. Verse 13, he said, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the king, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with that spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now, I read it from this version because it's so much easier to understand. It also gives you the insight of who Michael was. He is an archangel. He has been described in Jude as an archangel as well. An archangel is a head angel. Remember, this is the angel that took Satan down to begin with. Remember it says, and war broke out in heaven, and the devil and his angels and Michael and his angels fought, and the devil didn't prevail. Okay, so Michael has his own army behind him. The devil had his army, Michael had his army, Michael's army was, you know, better, okay? <laughs> okay? They took the other one down, <laughs> okay? So that's why, the, he's, you know, it's almost like Gabriel goes, I know who I'll get, just one minute, I'll be back. You know, <laughs> and he went and got the one guy that could take everybody down, okay? You can just imagine the battle that took place up there. Boy, we think we know what battle is. We have no idea. These are angels, man, and I, they, they can move at the speed of light, you know what I'm trying to say? Anyway, let me just leave it there. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> okay, And in order to give us dominion over all of this, Jesus Christ had to not only give up his deity and suffer and die on the cross as a man, and that's really what he had to do. See, how can you kill God? You can't kill God. That's the reason why Jesus on the cross had to let go of his deity. And the way that we know that, remember he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? See, that was from a psalm, and it needed to be said. A lot of people look at that and go, oh, God is so bad. You know, he made him suffer and caused him all this grief and everything else. No, man, this was a team effort. But that was the... That was, see, you all understand, Jesus couldn't let the devil know what was going on. We'll know in a minute, okay? <laughs> he, could, he had to leave him in the dark. He had to make the devil believe that he got away with it. And the code phrase, okay, if I could use this. See, people don't know this about God. They think, oh, well, you know, God is just so stupid. He always says everything out of his mouth. If it's true, he says it because he can't lie and everything else. So he just says, and the devil knows everything that's going on. And that's why God can't ever get ahead because the devil knows everything. Because God can never lie. And keep, keep going. Okay, no, listen. Boy, they can pull over the wool over your eyes before you knew there was a sheep around. You know, what you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, they are that good. And so when Jesus uttered the phrase, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? It was the key phrase to do two things. Number one, it was to, it was to release the God part of him back to heaven. Because there's no way that's going to go to hell. How can you kill God? He's eternal life. You can't kill something that's just alive by nature. Okay? So he had to let go of that. And remember, because man was the one that caused uh, all this to begin with. A man had to die. A man had to go to hell. And a perfect man gave it all up. So a perfect man had to go buy it all back. So the, And that's why he was sinless. You all with me? Okay, so that, at that point in time, he had to let you know his God part leave. 
Amen. And go to hell as a man. And that was a phrase that was uttered to let everybody know this is when the separation is taking place. Now I can die because I have to die. Remember, Pete was saying, don't die. And he said, if I don't die, none of this is going to work. See, the, and so began what the rest of the plan. It's all going according to plan. The devil thinks, woo, I got him. I don't know how, but somehow I got him. Got one of his own guys to turn on him, betray him for a couple of pieces of silver, and I'm, ta- I'm taking this one down as well. I took the first one down, I'm taking this one down as well. I, he was, must have been having a party. And for three days and three nights, the party continued while they tortured Jesus. And, you know, that's the other thing. So many people say, well, you know, doesn't it say that when he was on the cross, you know, when he said to that thief, he said, this day, you, you know, you'll be with me in paradise. Remember that? You know, they said, well, see, he went to paradise. He didn't go down to hell. No, he was letting him know that he was on his way down. See, you've got to go past paradise. All right? And it, Jesus made a quick stop to let them know the price is being paid. But if he didn't go further down, then the price wouldn't have been paid. Because it wasn't just on the cross. He had to go and be literally take on the price of our sin. So in other words, let me say this. If you sinned and you went to hell, and let me say it this way, if you were the worst sinner on the planet, I mean a really bad one, no redeeming qualities, okay? I mean really, really nasty. And you went to hell, where do you think you would go? To paradise? No, okay? You would go, I mean you would find that. It would be, they'd have to dig a bit, a bit more just to put you deep enough. You know, it would be the lowest place in hell and they would do the worst to you. It would be because you were just the worst. You're here. Remember that Jesus became sin for us. If he became sin, then he was, and remember he carried all of our sin, past, present, and future for the entire human race. How much sin do you think that is? Can I just say a lot? Okay, and and that that includes every horrific sinner that ever did any horrific thing that repented. That's everybody. Okay, so where do you think he's going to end up in paradise? No, <laughs> that just doesn't work. He'd have to go all the way down because no matter how much he stopped there, he would have been dragged down into hell further down because they had every right to do that because he was made sin. Are you all with me? Amen. All right, so. Now, knowing that that's what happened, that's where God had to reinstate him from. So three days and three nights, the devil and all the demons are having a ball, you know, especially them fellas that got thrown into the pigs, remember? Let us go into the pigs, don't let us, you know, blah, blah, blah. We know you are the son of God and, you know, have you come to judge us before our time? All them fellas that he just, and it just says over and over again, with a word, he'd cast them all out. You all think they had some revenge? Remember, these are demons. These are not angels. These are demons who hold grudges. They remember what you do to them. And they're made. Really made. Okay, I'm using this accent because there's made and then there's made. Okay, I mean, okay. They just want to do everything possible to just, you know, revenge is sweet. So for three days and three nights, you can understand how much he suffered. And I need you to get that picture before I read you the next, next scripture because you don't understand what a triumph it was for him to come out the way he did. So, <clears throat> when it was all over, okay, but something very strange happened. After three days, 
They had never, this had never happened before in the entire history of hell. Suddenly a light came down from heaven. Listen. And Hebrews chapter 1 tells us the words that were spoken. I don't want to go into that today. Because I do it, I think, at Christmas or Easter or something. I think it was Easter I do it at. The heavens open up and into hell, God the Father speaks. And begins to speak words. Remember the same words that created the universe is now doing something. It, it's, it is beginning a creative act in hell. Okay, And he says, this day have I begotten you. And he pulls Jesus, he reinstates Jesus in hell as God. That's when the devil goes, oh, I think we made a mistake. <laughs> you know, we didn't get away with nothing. They duped us. We've been punked. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> and it just, you know, and, and because he was there illegally, because they took an innocent person down. Listen, they took him down without realizing that he hadn't sinned. They thought he sinned. That's why God had took, taken his hand off of him and allowed him to go to hell. Are you all here? Because that was a universal justice that kept everything in place. And then suddenly, I like, I mean, uh, there was this singer called Carmen. He does a certain song, and I love one of his songs. You know, he, he says this little, uh, in the song, he says, and suddenly God started counting backwards. Ten, nine. Eight. And he goes, what, 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 what's going on? <laughs> you know, why is he counting backwards? And when he hit the one, suddenly up came Jesus. <laughs> you know, I really love that. And something happened. See, God was never in hell. God cast the devil into hell. And the only way he could redeem all of this is if he was invited into hell to go there and, and do what he needed to do. And the only way that could happen was for Jesus to do what he did to give up his spirit, to go down there willingly, even though he committed no sin, to be wrongfully punished, and then receive God and, and you know, uh, be resurrected, so to speak. The resurrection is a huge thing. And as God spoke those words, Jesus comes alive. And you can just imagine something happened in hell that had never happened before. A light began to shine. The only light they had before this was the fires of hell. And suddenly a different light began to shine in this individual. As all of God started coming into him. Remember, he's a second member of the Godhead. Hello, okay. And he is reinstated back to the place he was before. And now suddenly the devil has God in hell. By invitation. <laughs> and had been beating up on him for three days. Uh-oh. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Once this happened, okay, I love the Apostle Paul. He just jumps straight into a middle, middle of the sentence and he says, he gives us what happened after that. He says, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He conquered all of hell. And when he had finished, okay, he stood there. It was almost like one of those battles where you got the, you know, the enemy's head in your hand. And he goes, anybody else? And they go, no, we're good. We're happy. We're good. Okay. You're the boss. You're the man. Okay. All right. This is why he says he made a show of them openly. In other words, he defeated the devil in front of all of his demons. You all with me? Something that had never happened before. 
except when the devil got kicked out. But you know, he would have spun a story. You know, the devil lies. You all know that. He would have told those demons, you know what? They had the upper hand. You know, they weren't fair, blah, 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 blah. You know, if it ever happened again, I would win. And guess what? It happened again and he lost again. I'm sure a few demons defected that day. <laughs> no, I don't know. That's just me. Okay, I'm sure that didn't happen. But anyway, I'm just saying they would have thought about it. Maybe this guy isn't as big as we thought. You know, he carries on about things and here's one guy, one guy in hell just wipes everything out. Beats him to a pulp. Amen. And then to the devil's horror, see this is, let me, let's, let's go on, okay? <laughs> to the devil's horror, for anyone at all who decided to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, something supernatural and miraculous would happen. First, they would be set free from the devil's power and authority. The thing that he fought so hard to get, he suddenly is going to lose. And that is brought out uh, in uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Remember when the Apostle Paul says, Who has delivered us from the power of darkness. Do you understand now why? Because he did what he did in order to A, deliver us from the devil's influence. And his power, by the way. And it is a real power. Okay, especially, you know, in the third world countries, we see a lot of this stuff happening. There's possessions and all sorts of things going on back there. Okay, we see the devil manifest a lot more than in, you know, these countries here. He manifests in these countries in a whole different way. He does it through science and other things, you know, because he has to fight intellect in here. But in those countries, you know, they're a lot more uh, spiritually in tune. Can I say that way? And so they're a lot more um, susceptible to things positive and negative. So that's why when you preach God to them, they get healed and everything really quickly. We think, mm, now is that for today? They don't think any of that stuff, okay? To them, they just go, woo, thank you. And they get it. And all the Westerners are thinking, how oh, they get it? Because they are so in tune to the Spirit. But then also the other way. They also are very sadly just influenced by demonic things as well. And so when they go down that road, they get possessed and all sorts of things happen. Bed shake and furniture moves and all the stuff you see in the movies, that actually happens. Amen? Okay, <laughs> all right? That's the power he delivered us from. Are you with me? And he says, and translated us into the kingdom of his, that's God's dear son. Second, not only would they be translated into God's kingdom, but they would also be elevated to a position far above the devil and all of his demons, with the apostle Paul saying in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, has raised us up together and made us. I love that. You don't get a choice. Thank God. Oh, for all those that go, oh no, we don't deserve it. Shut up, you're going up there. <laughs> okay, you know, it's one of those things. He says, has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And when we look at Ephesians 1.20, we know that that is at the very right hand of God himself. If we read that scripture, it would say, which he, that is God, worked in Christ when he raised him up from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Amen? And so if he's seated there and we are in him, guess where we are? At the right hand of God. That is a powerful place to be in. Amen? That's why, you know, uh, some that have get, got this revelation are now praying from that position. They, you know, uh, they're saying to me, I'm no longer praying down here. I realize now that I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm seated at the right hand of God. And when I pray, I think of myself there and I pray from there. That is praying from a place of power. Amen? Amen. And see, that, that way you begin to understand that you don't have to overcome things. You're already on top of them. <laughs> okay? And you're praying in the other direction. Praise God. Everything under your feet better get into line. 
Are y'all with me? Amen. Okay. All right. And it is with all this in mind, having brought up original sin, the devil's part in it, and our position in Christ, that the apostle now John goes on to say in 1 John 3, 8 again, for this purpose, I love this. Get this now. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest. Do you get it now? Amen. When he says that he might destroy the works of the devil. Get it? He was saying everything that the devil did right from the beginning was absolutely destroyed. Anybody that wants to receive Jesus as Lord now can, will not only be reinstated, but into a higher position. And everything that the devil tried to do to mankind was absolutely and utterly wiped clean. And also, we were given a higher position so that we have a greater authority and we have more power and we have all of heaven behind us every time we open our mouth. Amen. So even if we come up against somebody, you know, because there are people in this earth that have a lot, you know, they're, they're beginning to tap in to the power that we were given originally. You know, some of these movements now, they're beginning to, to and the devil is act, allowing them to access that. Do you know why? Because he needs an army. When, you know, when Armageddon comes along, he can't have a bunch of weaklings. He needs people working at their peak efficiency if he's going to have any chance of coming against the church. That has this revelation. Not just an ordinary church, but a church with this revelation. Because they will come at him with things that people on this planet have not seen. Amen. Because it's in your imagination still to be born. And when you get the revelation that you can start speaking things out. Jesus said, that's why he said, not only will you do the things that I've done. But he said, greater things than these shall you do. Because I go to the Father, because you'll be lifted up beyond where natural man was given authority to a higher place. In a higher place than the devil can ever be in. You are in a higher place than mankind was originally given dominion over. You are in a position in God, in Christ, at the right hand of God. And whatever you speak now, all of heaven listens, not because you're a human being, but because you are a child of the king amen that's why he he said beloved now are we the children of god do you get it now that's why he was rejoicing in that he says let me tell you what i mean when i said that this is what all happened this is what the devil did this is what jesus did and destroyed everything and lifted us up to that position now a position we never had before amen See, now we're kids. Before we were in the image and likeness of him, we were made rulers over this planet, but we had to become his kids and be seated at his right hand in order to become higher than that, in order to undo everything that was done, in order for Jesus to destroy the works of the devil. That's what he had to do. Hallelujah. So that's why he rejoices with this. In his commentary, I. Howard Marshall explains that the actual word here to destroy is somewhat unusual. He says the task of Jesus, I love this, was to undo whatever the devil had achieved. And I love this next thing. He says to thwart, okay, which means to put a stop to and ruin, all right, whatever he tries to do. Amen. Does that sound right? <laughs> Hallelujah. And so in the same way that the devil tricked mankind into making a single mistake and through it took everything away from them, so too, God, the Son, tricked the devil into making a single mistake. <laughs> okay? And through it, took everything back away from him. 
And why he would say in Matthew 28 and verse 18, after his resurrection, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Amen. And the, the way that this translates to us is brought out in Luke chapter 10 verse 19 where he says, Behold, I give you the authority that is the right and the power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. Before they would, now they won't. <laughs> okay? And we know how, that all this applies to us because people might say, well, brother, that was for them apostles back then. Well, for, <laughs> okay, it's for us too today. Do you know how we know that? Because in Mark chapter 16 and verses 17 and 18, he says, and these signs will follow them apostles. No, he said, though these signs will follow those who believe. If you believe, you're in. I love that he said that. And he said, in my name, remember from that position of authority, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Verse 18, they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, I mean, the guy can't even poison you. Amen. Okay. It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Wow. Amen. And it's for this very reason that the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.8, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Boy, if they knew, they would have never taken him to hell. Okay, because that was a big mistake. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. And it's following this incredible revelation. We're going to stop here because I have run out of time. It takes us into the next verse. And just to make sure that we as Christians, once again, knew without a shadow of a doubt, that the Apostle John was not talking about us. He goes and says in verse 9. Yes, we got to verse 9. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> okay. He says, whoever is born of God does not commit sin. Do you understand now why he says that? Can I say this? Whoever is born of God does not commit the sin of rebellion. They cannot. Okay. And he says, for his seed remains in him. And that's why he says they cannot sin in this way. He says that they cannot sin. But I want you to understand. He's saying they can't sin in this way. All right, because they are born of God. This is the same group that he said in First John one nine. If we sin, you know, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. So we know he's not talking about this sin. He's saying this sin you guys can't commit because his seed, God's seed, is in you, and there is no way you can commit this sin and still be a God's child. You just can't. Once you become God's child, something miraculous happens in you. You see things from a different perspective, and you may not understand how all creation works and everything, but you just know it's true. You know there was a creator because he lives in you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to leave it there for today. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word and we thank you, Father, for all the wisdom, the revelation and the insight.